Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I just want to let you know, Noah, that, uh... Mm-hmm. God damn it, I don't want to update now. Fucking computer. I have one of those days where yeah. I just want to throw everything out onto the lawn and just be done with it. Didn't you just get back from vacation? Yeah, you would think that would help. <laughs> I was going to say, usually I've got a good two or three days where I just feel pretty good and getting back. At least the uh, end of the first day, like, you know. While I was gone, apparently yesterday alone, it rained nine inches. And there's water oh, yeah. in my basement that I don't know where it came from. Did they well, fix it, your giant sieve in the wall? No, that's never been fixed, but it's not from there. That was that was from another similar situation where it was raining and was like a fucking lagoon in my yard. I mean, it it did storm like an absolute motherfucker. That's what I that's what I heard and saw. Yeah. But there's like a completely different room that it's now wet, and I don't know like uh, where that water came from. Maybe just so much water poured through the one that it got over into the other one, and then couldn't no. drain out something. Not even, not it, even possible. If it rained enough, sometimes just the uh, the outer walls are only designed to stop water up to a certain height. Yeah. I have, uh, it's only happened to me once, but one time, like, it rained, like, a shit ton in one day, and then I found some water in my basement, and I googled around and everything, figured out that it's just, like, yeah, houses are not designed to be underwater, they're designed to be over water, so. Yeah, well, it's pissing me off. That's it's it's happened twice in that same room in the past year, which is too many times. Yeah, zero is the right number of times. Yes. Uh, but no... Uh, who lives in a pineapple far under the sea. <laughs> no, uh, you'll be happy to know, since you deleted your Facebook, that uh, Eric keeps trying to bump up the post of someone licking someone's foot. <laughs> of course, now you're not here to see it. So. He doesn't know. He didn't know I dipped. Nope. So now he's, he's finding out for the first time hearing this. <laughs> Although now, now I've started using Instagram, so if he wants to Uh-oh. post foot pictures on his Instagram and make himself look like a complete fucking freak. <laughs> yeah. It's weird it's weird how that's different. Like you can post anything you want to a fucking Facebook page and nobody gives a shit. But you post one weird thing to your Instagram and everybody's like, Oh shit, that person's actually into that. <laughs> It is one of the better things about Instagram is it's a lot more positive. 
Um, I guess I find if you're going to be like, since you have to post a picture, you're not going to spend time being negative and finding a picture to post with it. I also think it's because there's no groups, right? There's that too. General public, so it's not like, yeah. Like I'm sure Eric didn't send that picture of somebody licking a foot to his mother. However, he did send it to us on Instagram. He can't specify necessarily. Right. It, and I've noticed a complete lack of memes so far. Maybe people do post memes on Instagram, but I haven't seen um, any. I've seen memes on Instagram. Yeah. They're not as frequent because you can't just share stuff on yeah. Instagram. So. so Instagram's where it's at. Yeah, it's nice. Especially if you want just exclusively want to see pictures of my dog and DVDs or Blu-rays that I've gotten in the mail. I noticed I've noticed that so at first after I deleted Facebook, like I had this weird anxious feeling for like a fucking week. Mm-hmm. And and like I would literally reach for my phone and be like, Oh yeah, I deleted that <laughs> over and over again. Sometimes multiple times in an hour. But now that that's gone. I feel like I'm more productive because I don't oh. think about it. See, I don't think productivity is a positive. So, <laughs> see, I was since I was on vacation for like four days. My goal was well, I'm just gonna. I mean, I have my phone because obviously, if someone important needs to get a hold of me, but I'm just gonna plug it in and leave it because we got an Airbnb. So I'm just gonna plug it in and leave it on the kitchen table. And then I'll check in a couple times a day to make sure nobody's trying to get a hold of me. But that lasted about half an hour. <laughs> and then I found myself sitting at the table looking, seeing if there's anything going on on Facebook. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Isn't it crazy that you go somewhere and you've got stuff to do and all this relaxing, awesome stuff, and yet you still fucking look at miserable-ass Facebook? Yep. Yep, that's that's why I deleted it. I know I noticed that because I was like, "Why am I not enjoying myself?" And instead, I'm watching my friends turn into racist assholes online. That's why you don't have any friends. That's got to be the goal in life. If you're gonna yeah. have friends, some of them are gonna bound to end up being terrible, so just don't have any. Man, face, Facebook was heading that way. I felt like, <laughs> like that's just good general life advice. It's not just yeah. for Facebook. Either they were gonna piss me off, or I was gonna piss them off. Now you just have this weird tension that you just you guys don't talk about. I don't know. The, the, the thing that still bothers me is there's literally a handful of people that my only contact with them anymore is through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I feel like I'm completely severed from those people, which makes me sad. Yeah. It's pretty much the thing I like about Facebook is that ability to keep contact with those people who you're not quite close enough to that you are going to like text them but you still want to know what they're doing in life yeah i did find one of those people's wife on instagram so far so i was like okay well if i need to send them a message i can send them a message through instagram yeah instagram somehow still supporting zuckerberg without really thinking we are well one more level of separation you can't do anything without supporting a maniacal billionaire anymore it's just not possible mm-hmm. I mean I'll never get my way on any of this stuff so I just I don't have a stake in it anymore 
My my opinion is the CEO of some random fucking company that got lucky shouldn't determine the way social media works, if that makes sense. Uh, and the government shouldn't determine how the fucking thing works. The only people should that should have the right to determine it are the users should own it because I'm a fucking socialist. <laughs> but once again, yeah. that will never happen. Though, but. Start up your own and ask all the users to invest like one of those weird coffee shops where the people who work there are also the owners of it. I'll, I'll tell you what, that sounds like a good idea, except I've seen, I, I read about two or three of those startups, and basically they all turn into these weird exclusive paid services, which is the fucking exact opposite of what oh, yeah, it's, 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 to be. It's, not, it's not possible. It's right, just... right. My, my, the problem is my ideas would only work if people could just stop being bastards for 20 minutes. Mm-mm. No chance. Right. You're asking people to do something. You know how that turns out. Right. Well, here, here at least. Hey, hey, could you put on a mask so that my grandma doesn't die? Fuck you! <laughs> I'm going to burn this bitch down. I'll kill us all. Maybe your grandma shouldn't be so weak. I mean, if she got the flu, she would probably die too. So that's your grandma's fault now I'm sad let's talk about something way more positive like people getting stabbed to death on the beach <laughs> yeah so. why do we start our podcast off in the worst way possible why don't we ever just start it off with a nice discussion of the topic we're going to discuss alright well, if you want to try it that way we'll try next week we've failed once again this week we'll see uh, since I was on vacation and figured I was not going to have time to watch uh, anything for the show, which turned out I watched a lot of movies, but yeah, it was kind of what everybody else wanted to watch. Uh, we decided to pick uh, five sort of horror beach movies uh, that could expand to aquatic movies, depending on how everybody feels. Uh, and I know Doug got really stressed out because he doesn't like ranking things. I didn't. I tried to steal a top five beach movies list off the internet, and there aren't any. Oh. You know, if you Google top five beach movies, no good answers come up. So I couldn't just steal one. Well, that's a bummer. Um, so I figured we'll just do this like we did with the Christmas one, where we'll each go around and do our number five, and then we'll go up the list. So yeah. good. Um, Ryan, this was yours, so you should go first. Yeah. Uh, my number five, I'm going to go with Humanoids from the Deep. We've okay. covered on this show. I know Noah. Noah, Solid. you made the concession that uh, you were not going to do any movies that we, uh, we've we covered before. Yeah, I, I have that uh, weird nerdy tick where I decide to make things as fucking difficult as possible because <laughs> I think that'll be fun. And, and instead, it just becomes an insufferable task. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sent me the formula you were using. And don't punish our listeners by telling them what you went through to come up with your list. There's lots I of just, math I involved. Mean, it's, it, there's, it's not a lot of It's literally three criteria. You're assigning point values and stuff. That's math. 
I'm just saying. So let's discuss, let's get let's discuss the movie. Don't get into Noah's nonsense. Uh, so, like I said, so so the main thing is none of my movies are movies that we have covered on the show, and none of my movies are obvious movies, if that makes sense. So, no Jaws, no Piranha, no. Well, that is one of the criteria is no Jaws for this because right. Jaws is automatically just number one. So we're doing two through six. India, that was the agreed upon thing. Yeah. Uh, so Humanoids of the Deep, of course. Uh, some weird experiments produce half men, half fish, which terrorize a small town, killing the men and raping the women because 1980. <laughs> yeah. I've got this ranked much higher on my list, by the way. It's way up in number uh, okay. two for me. So. <laughs> it's a super fun movie, even though it's ridiculous in its concept. Yeah, see, probably. once, and I, I think I would agree. I think I would have put it at, no, I think I would have put it at two. I think Doug's right. Yeah, all right. Jaws, well, Jaws, Humanoids from the Deep, and then probably Piranha. Uh, well, let's, let's, uh, let's get there. But, um, the first time I ever saw it was when we did it for the show. So, I don't know if you guys have any nostalgic feelings from it from when you were younger, but yeah, I'm glad you liked it that much. Yeah, I did. It's one of those. I feel like it's one of those movies like Chud that when you try to explain it to people, they go, "That sounds really fucking dumb," and you're like, "No, just just please, just watch the fucking movie. You'll like well, the movie." That, no, if, if you're not one of us, there's a very specific group of people, and we are part of that group. But anybody else, as soon as you say the fish man rapes the lady. A lot of people just that turns them right off of the movie, no matter what. And they start turning around. You'd be like, no, 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 wait. Uh, Roger Corman produced it. Does that help? And they're just like, no, it doesn't. And they just keep walking. The fishmen are kind of tributes to the creature from the Black Lagoon. And I mean, gonna... technically, he had romantic feelings for the female woman. So I, it's connected. I say, one of, one of my, the movies on my list definitely also has one of those things that if you explain yeah. that scene to somebody, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you ever watch that movie? Yeah. But we'll get to it. All right. But but it's good. I don't. Damn it. Um, so, yeah. Humanized from the deep. I love it. It's super fun. Yeah. It's just it's one of those just 80s sleazefest movies that just had enough of a budget to make it feel like a real movie, which is always fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Alright. Who's next? I'll go. My number five is Blood Beach. Have you guys ever seen Blood Beach? I have not. I've Literally, I found it on YouTube with the intentions of watching it this week as research. And then I was so stressed out about this list that I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> what, if, what if it's good? I don't want to watch it. Uh, so, here's here's the thing. <laughs> good quote fingers. Good, not the way I would describe Blood Beach. It's it's a almost ridiculous concept, and at certain points, even when an actor is selling being eaten by a beach very very well, they're still acting out being eaten by a beach. Wait, oh wait, it, it's literally about the beach eating people. Oh, I yeah. that was I read that in the descriptions of it and I assumed that was figurative. Oh, I thought, it, I thought oh, no. it was like something eating people on a beach. I, I, well, okay, so at the end of the movie, it is revealed that there is like a thing which is a giant plant worm 
creature thing. It's it's really hard to fucking explain. So you're, this to, is to be honest, a combination of tremors and a sarlacc pit. Is that what you're describing to me here? Yes. Oh. I actually. You, this is fucked up because this is going to turn a lot of people off. But this is the best direct comparison. It's more like uh, Deathbed the Bed that eats people, but a beach. <laughs> I like Deathbed way more than you two did. So, <laughs> no, I, well, I liked it. I'm just saying, that's that's the kind of thing you're in for. Positive note, John Saxon. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'm looking at the IMDb right now, and I see pictures of John Saxon hanging out. Uh, there's there's several other like uh, B movie people that in sci fi B movie people that you know obscurists like me might recognize that no one else would give a fuck about but it's fun it's cheesy and it's it's just one of those ones it's enjoyable to watch it if you just get yourself a six pack of beer and you don't take it too seriously going in you will have a good time watching it yeah, I might get around to watching that one because that actually does sound fun to me and I already put it in the to watch list for the YouTube page so yeah, and if if you if you decide that you don't want to go into the movie without having uh, a little more sell, there are YouTube supercuts of just the people being eaten by the beach. <laughs> that might be what I end up watching. That sounds more fun. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's fucking fantastic. So yeah, so so Blood Beach number five. It's fun. Check it out. What do you got, Doug? My number five is a, is a blatant cheat, but I felt it was important to bring it up. And I, it's the first four Friday the 13th movies. Because I feel like there's enough good beach scenes to make one good movie out of those. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just see, I, every time I thought about like scenes on a beach, I kept coming back to the climax of Friday the 13th. It was the counselor and the old lady rolling around there and swinging machetes at each other. And I'm like, they're on a beach doing it. It counts. And then I got thinking about it and I'm like, Jason gets his fucking mask on a beach. How do I not bring that up? So I feel, felt it was important. Um, you know, it, it's really, is just the first four that take place on a beach. Cause then I guess the, the climax of six is similarly on a beach, but yeah. they go out and they go out into the boat, have the big fight. So I didn't count it. I accept, I accept the premise, but on my scoring scale, it would only receive <laughs> one point in beach relevance. But if you add up all, like, if you add up, like, the guy that gets hung from the tree and he gets his face chopped while he's hanging on the beach while his girlfriend skinny dips, and the climax of the first film, and the, uh, the cute brunette that goes out, she goes out to the swim at night, and that's a mistake, and she gets stabbed right through that floaty boat thing. You start adding them all up. There's a lot of beach relevant scenes in those movies. Actually, in four, they even go to that other beach where they go skinny dipping. So, I think it counts, and I think it's worth mentioning. I don't know if how much of a deep dive we want to get into on these movies, but <laughs> <laughs> just, I, just yeah. I think that if a deep dive was required on a Friday the Thirteenth movie on this podcast, I'd be very sad. Well, that's not required. But then again, nothing we're doing here is required, I don't think. So, True. so yeah. I yeah. mean, that's that's my number five. You guys disappointed in me yet? No. Oh, at one point, I had a whole list put together that was just five that were all, in my mind, cheats. So. 
It's just going to be all ones where you had to rely on series or different scenes from different uh, <laughs> anthologies. There you go, uh, Brad. So you want to give us your number four? And I can definitely say those were not on my list. No, me neither. Uh, my number four. My number four is Piranha 3D. Okay. Because I feel it's like one of the few horror movies of recent, uh, um, quality is the right word, but just recently that, uh, used 3D properly, which made it a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a super fun movie. It ranks at number three on my list. So we're, uh, we're on the same page here. I think (laughs) it is not on my list. Can't take the obvious one. It's just such a fun, gory mess of a movie. Yeah, that's the, the I, gore in it is amazing. And that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And it just, it makes no apologies. It is what it is, which I think it, too many movies that just want to be gore fests try to put plot and character in them to justify the gore. And uh, every now and again, it's fun to watch a movie where they just go, nah, fuck that. <laughs> just, we all know why you showed up. Let's just do that. Yeah. I mean, it's I was sort of like the uh, you know the commando equivalent of a horror film where yeah. it's just like I was on board with this movie, and then the beach massacre happened. Yeah, and that's just that's just amazing. Yeah, like the the scene where the two people are trying to like drag somebody out of the water, and one person and has their comes arms right little, apart. The person has legs, and he just immediately comes apart, and all of his guts just pour out into the, into the water. I stared at a gif of that for about 20 minutes this afternoon. <laughs> uh, like, it's so good. Like, I mean, it, it technically is a remake, I guess. Although I would yeah. say you could just consider it just another movie called Piranha that yeah, I guess comes from the same place. but Little to no connection. Yeah. But it's just, hey, you want to see uh, some piranha people? We've got a movie for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a blast with it. Piranha 3 Double D. Not as, uh, not as exciting. Yeah, but, well, it's... Piranha 3 Double D is the direct video sequel that this movie would get. It's just in a world where they're presented to us in the same way now, where you watch almost everything at home, it yeah. feels weird when you take that step down to that direct DVD sequel but you know I think it was theatrical down here in the states was it? yeah I didn't see it in the theater but well, I remember yeah, it being I mean, out that's don't your movie can't have David Hasselhoff in an MV theatrical that's not how it works <laughs> what about Guardians 2 well okay he can't be a character in it okay <laughs> he can be a, a even when he plays cameo. himself even when he plays himself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, skip that one. Just watch the, I guess, quote-unquote, original Piranha 3D. Yeah. So much fun. Plus, it, it's got, like, the fun callbacks. It's got Doc Brown in it. It's got the guy from Jaws in it. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just, like, it's it's it just gets you in the mood to enjoy it. What do you got, Noah? Uh, so the next one on my list is going to be the Mutilator, which I know Doug hates. 
Yeah, I don't like that one. It's not great. Well, so here's the, here's the thing with the mutilator. So, directing bad, right? Agreed. Uh, editing bad, acting bad, camera work meh. Can we but special say bad effects louder for the acting? Uh, special effects fucking phenomenal. See, that's not my I recollection. Oh my god, I'll, I'll battle anyone to the death over it. It's got some of the best horror movie kills in history. Like, it's that, the pelvic hook scene is quite possibly the best kill scene ever in a horror movie. See, you're describing something that I think I would like, but it, the context must have been so bad that I... Just, I, my mem- my memory of it is not enjoying the kills. That's what I'm saying. I bet, I bet money. See, the problem is people check out because the acting and stuff so bad. But once again, that doesn't that doesn't affect me because I think it's fucking hilarious that the acting's so bad. Like, and the the script is just bizarre and stiff, and it has one of the most obnoxiously catchy fucking theme songs <laughs> that's ever been put into a fucking movie. It will you will lose fucking IQ points after hearing that fucking song, because every time you try to do math in the future, you're just going to hear we're going on fall break. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I didn't enjoy that theme song and I don't enjoy your rendition of it anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. It sounds like it should be the theme song for like uh, a late 70s sitcom. Like, there should be people leaning out of doors and smiling, you know what I mean? It's, it's the theme song place. It's, it's just like Buzz and Buddy goes on vacation and that's the song they get. Yeah, but like I said, I don't, I don't know. I I think you would change your mind. Maybe you should just look up a super cut of the kill scenes from the Mutilator and just watch them again because they're real good. Maybe if I watched them completely out of context, but I just... Yeah, I don't the know. Pelvic. Like I've only seen the movie once, and it. Uh, I was going to say, I just can't for, do it. For for those of you out there who are the uninitiated, who have never seen the Mutilator because you heard it was a bad movie, uh, there is a scene where a guy essentially takes a giant uh, barbed fish hook and uh, hooks it through a girl's vagina and up and tears out of her stomach, and it is. Once once again, it's a very convincing special effect. I don't I don't get uh, a lot of special effects in horror movies, so I'm like, ooh, Jesus. And and that is one that the first time I saw it, I was like, Holy shit, <laughs> who the fuck came up with that? That is disturbing. I've only seen it once guys- and I was out when they were playing was it Blind Man's Bluff? Essentially yeah. hide and go seek in the dark. But, College kids get together and go to a beach house to play hide and seek. Yeah, but then but then they're acting like it's pitch black inside the house, and it literally looks like the lighting level that I have in my house of all times. Well, it, my advice to you, Brian, would be to turn down the lighting in your house because you're probably paying too much electricity <laughs> to keep it that bright. Right? It's just there's all sorts of weird stuff about that movie, like. Uh, you know, because the, the dude who wrote and directed and his 90% of his family 
starred and or ran cameras and or were producers and or craft services and or everything else on this movie. Uh, he fucking like they reveal who the killer is. At the very beginning, like, there's no fucking question. You know exactly who the fuck the killer is. <laughs> so there's no mystery to it. There's no, oh, I wonder who's fucking, is it the dad? And it's like, oh, no, yeah, it's the dad. We're going to show him in the basement holding an axe. Like, <laughs> there he is. Well, yeah, isn't it one of those stupid ones, too? And maybe my memory is not right. But, like, they tell the audience who the killer is. But then we have to watch the idiot characters not know for a long time later. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sakes, think it should be really obvious. And there can't be a twist because you've shown us proof that it's that it is the obvious answer. So what do we do? Yeah, I didn't like. But number four on Noah's list. Yeah, that figures. I'm scared to see where that list's headed. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's if, I, why is my why is my brain not working what's the guy's name shostrom right oh. is that his name okay the the fucking um he's a famous ass special effects artist <laughs> blonde dude glasses <laughs> skinny as a rail uh, don't help him don't help him right let him keep doing this <laughs> i have it fuck in front you. of me i was gonna say fuck <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> You were actually right, Mark Shostrom. Thank you. So I'm not, I'm not a complete idiot. But yeah, this is like uh, early in his career before he got famous. And once again, you can... It's, it's just weird. It's weird having just nothing but incompetence in a movie and then having one dude who's like a legit genius in his field. I don't know. Well, we can all agree that's weird. It's odd. Anyways, what you got, Doug? Yeah, so my number four is one I I just put on the list mostly because I think it's underrated, not because I think it's necessarily great. But uh, the Shallows. All right. Okay. You guys remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. The Blake Lively. I I it, it hits a lot of marks for me. It's shark movie. I love sharks. It's one of those ones where it's like a single character or a couple characters trapped in an isolated location, which is something that always gets my attention. And I always seem to enjoy it, you know, so to combine those two. And I just, I think the atmosphere in it works well for most of the movie. I think it, the movie, it makes just enough sense by like, they insert that whale carcass. So there's a reason for a shark to be there. You're like, okay, there's everything makes just enough sense for it to all work out. And I'm like, okay, the ending is a bit cheesy, but still fun to watch so I liked it quite a bit my my problem with all those movies is the same thing I, I can't, I, I'm like digging it until about the 45 minute mark and then I'm like why won't this fucking movie end it's one person in one fucking place I don't I'm done I don't need to see anything else about this fucking person yeah I get that but it, that doesn't have that impact on me and they gave her a bird to talk to so yeah Come on, you know, and Birds. it's one of those ones where I feel like they did just enough of giving her things to do that would keep her busy. So, like I say, mostly on here because I think it's underrated. I think it gets kind of bad mouthed by horror fans sometimes, and I don't think it deserves it. So, you know, for people who haven't seen it, it's a girl 
trapped by a shark. She's basically basically out on her surfboard. Shark shows up. She hides on some rocks, and the shark doesn't go away. Drama ensues. There's not a lot to it plot-wise. And eventually the tide's, tide's coming in. Yeah. High tide's rolling in, so she's running out of rock. Yeah. But, you know, wow. I enjoyed it. I, again, like, for me, like... I, these types of movies where it's a, a, a person or a few people versus a shark always ranks very high for me. I almost put 47 meters down on this because there's some beach scenes in the opening of that. And I love the idea of two people trapped underwater and a bunch of sharks up there between them and the surface. That's just a, a great setup from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the movie was all right. I just, I shark movies don't do it for me nearly as much as they do for you. So yeah. like I enjoyed the movie, but like, I don't really think about it ever. So Yeah, sharks, sharks are my heroes because they eat people, and I don't like people, so. <laughs> See, that's why I enjoyed 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Yeah, Al- I didn't like that blind so sharks. Yeah, but I couldn't get my head around this notion that those sharks somehow evolved underwater in this, like, cave pattern thing, implying that it had been a million years. <laughs> it was just... I enjoyed elements sure. of that movie, but sure. Um, all right, so my number three. Um, I don't know if this will be controversial, but it is a little uh, outside the norm. I want to say of what what I think would usually be on this list, but my number three is the 1980 version, 80s version, or is it 90s? I don't remember. Whatever year it came out, uh, the Lord of the Flies. Oh, 1990. That's why you're having so much trouble. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 80 or 90. That that was in discussion to be on my Mm -hmm. list as well. And I decided it's not enough of a horror movie to include it. That's that's what I would be. It's still, it is still a good movie. It has certainly has horrific elements to it. Sure. That's why I said it might be controversial. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love, like, Lord of the Flies is one of my favorite books. And this movie I grew up watching. So, yeah. Like, I just, I have a lot of love for it. Um, I read the book on my own because a lot of my friends had to read it in high school, but for some reason I never did. But yeah. then because of this movie version and then like when my friends were reading it in high school and I'm like, so I just voluntarily read it, which gets you made fun of in high school when other people are reading it as an assignment <laughs> and you're just reading it voluntarily. Look at this but, guy reading for fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just love, love this story about just, yeah, a group of boys that end up going completely feral <laughs> when they crash landed on a deserted island and then... Yeah. And then that kid gets hit in the head. Yeah, that's fucked up. Sure I always is. felt really bad for Piggy. Yeah. I was a fat kid the whole time, too, so I always related to Piggy because I'm like, oh, they're all making fun of him for being fat. That's what happens to me every day. And then I'm like, oh, and then they just kill him. Yeah. Did you, have you watched it recently? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. As an adult, you're like, that fat kid's really fucking annoying. I'm glad they dropped a rock on his head. Really? Well, because he's always complaining about asthma and stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Always Which, I mean, complaining. Ob- obviously, obviously, it's his fault he has asthma, so <laughs> I'm pretty upset with him about that. 
Always complaining, always whining about something. It's just like, just shut the fuck up. Why don't you take his glasses away? Yeah, running off with the uh, glasses in the middle of the night. Yeah. So yeah, I love that movie. There's the, uh, what they call the monster. You leave it a giant boar's head as like a sacrifice outside of its cave and stuff. Pretty gross. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is just an interesting study in what happens to human beings when they're removed from society. And mm-hmm. that author was not optimistic about the results of that. No. So. And if you watch the movie, one of my favorite parts is the very end where it's gotten down to an entire tribe of children hunting down this one guy with spears or this one other kid with spears and they're chasing him throughout the island and they stumble onto the beach where there's a military guy who's just landed yeah. Uh, been looking for them and they all come onto the beach and they see him and they all immediately just start crying I just think that's amazing well it's it, I remember it being a powerful moment having not seen the movie in a while but yeah. like thinking thinking about it now you're just like oh what a what a weird idea like what if you did go feral like that and then were suddenly confronted with rejoining society it's like how would you do that? Like, how are you going to explain that? You're all going to go back to class now? What happens? Yeah. Because that's always something that's fascinated me about humanity is the idea of, like, a world war happens and everybody, all these, like, mechanics and fucking accountants are out there shooting people. And then it's over and they just go back to work. Mm-hmm. That part blows my mind. That blows my mind more than the fact that we go to war on a regular basis as a species. Is What well. do you do when it's done? <laughs> According according to the math, a significant number of them don't you know, commit suicide, go crazy, or become homeless. Or yeah, but a, a another significant portion of them return to daily life and have to figure out a way to deal with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even thinner portion are just psychopaths, and it doesn't bother them. That mm-hmm. that's super weird too. Yeah. yeah, that's the scariest part. The people that can just be like murdering people on Tuesday and then be like, okay, back to my accounting firm. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah. Well, because like, like my grandparents came to Canada after World War II. And I remember someone asking them once, like, why? And I, even as like a kid at the time, I was like, isn't it fucking obvious? Like everything they knew got blown up. And then like, she had to like hide in an apartment while he was like, shooting at people. I don't know exactly what went on, but I would want to run away too. I'm not shocked at all that they came here. Yeah. Like, like I've, I've never understood that. And I, it's, it's funny to see that happen in, in uh, Lord of the Flies there with uh, being children too, where it's like, they have a whole life. Like, how do you explain that when you're like one day when you're like, married and your wife says tell me a secret about your past and you're like oh one about the time i tried to stab a guy but lucky luckily the military showed up before i did we killed the fat kid <laughs> he had asthma yeah. so he's gonna die soon anyway <laughs> yeah yeah but i just love how they immediately go from these savage you know feral children to just kids as soon as an adult steps foot in front of them yeah I'd want to uh, now. I want to rewatch that movie, but uh, maybe you can comment on it. Like, does it fuck with your mind as an audience member watching that happen? Because you're thinking of them as these vicious, evil creatures, and then when they just 
break down, you are reminded that they're just children. Yeah, I mean, somewhat. Like, I saw it a lot when I was younger, and then uh, found it on DVD and bought it, and then watched it for the first time in, like, forever. Okay. And that's that's what it just was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, an adult showed up, and suddenly they're, like I said, they just start crying and, like, sitting down on the beach, like, oh, we're going to get in trouble. And it's just like, you, yeah, you were just fucking chasing another human being with a spear to kill him. Good Lord. There's so. probably a rule against that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, that's right, my well, number three. That's more, that's more of a cheat than my including an entire series of films. Totally. <laughs> so. What do you got there for us, Noah? Nice. Uh, so my number three is my cheat. Because we're all going to cheat at some point, I suppose. <laughs> Evidently. Uh, because I really wanted to put one of these two movies in because I feel like there needs to be a 1960s beach party movie okay. in, in, in this list. Uh, and, and one of them is definitely a horror movie, but the other one is definitely a better film that is only tangentially horror. And that is uh, The Beach Girls and the Monster. And the other film is a film called uh, The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini. Okay, but that's like the ridiculous level of cheating. You have to pick one of those to tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so The Beach Girls and the Monster is really easy to explain. So it's it's got a lot more plot in it than you would expect for a fucking beach party movie because usually that's pretty goddamn thin but it's a bunch of beach bums uh, are being menaced by the shittiest shitty version of the creature from the black lagoon you've ever seen okay <laughs> like it's like somebody went to Walmart and bought a creature from a black lagoon costume <laughs> and put it on a guy that's, that's, that's the quality of monster we're talking about but it's got to do with this, like, manipulative stepmom who's always gaslighting everybody and cheating on her husband. And it's there's 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 a lot more to it. But it's it's a pretty simple movie. It's straightforward. It's fun. There's lots of girls in bikinis dancing for no reason. You say for no reason, uh, but I say a perfectly fine reason. And the the ghost in the invisible bikini let me pull this up because I'm not going to remember all these names off the top of my head. Do, 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 vamp. <laughs> uh, I just saw a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook went to fucking Disney World today. Oh, for fuck's sakes. This is why Noah deleted Facebook. Right? Like, are you serious? I'm going to fucking Disneyland. Well, well I just pulled this up because there is so... Like fucking Boris Karloff's in it, <laughs> and Patsy Kelly and uh, Basil Rathbone, and like all. The, basically, it's like a 1960s fucking cavalcade. Uh, I do believe Frank Sinatra's wife's in it. <laughs> sure, why not? But it's a. I'm trying to think of an allegory for it. So you guys remember we covered High Spirits. Yeah. where the tourists go to the hotel and all that. Okay, 
so it's that, but a beach party movie. <laughs> I mean, that makes more sense than you're acting like it makes. Yeah. I mean, that's it's almost exactly what it is. It's basically a bunch of people in a haunted castle being menaced by giant apes and strange monsters and ghosts. And and then in between that, they go outside and there's randomly a band playing and they do the twist. You know? <laughs> All right. That's, that's the way these things go. And it's got fucking Boris Karloff in it. So anyone who wants to complain can shut the fuck up because it's Boris Karloff. That makes me a little sad that he's in that, though. He wasn't exclusively in horror movies, you know. I know. But yeah. Yeah, so that's my number three. Beach, like, I have a weird soft spot for beach party movies, and I don't know why. I've I've always just thoroughly enjoyed them, because it's such a weirdly specific 1960s subgenre that it only existed basically for that decade. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, I don't know. It's such a formula and stuff. Is it, it's bizarre. Is Are, are they just softcore porn for the 60s? Is that what that is? Is that just before they had, like, late-night television that would show softcore porn? People would have to go to the theater and pay to watch girls in bikinis dance? Is that I mean, the purpose of those movies? Because I'd never understood the purpose of those movies. I mean, I've I never actually it's... seen any, to be honest. I think soft softcore porn is accurate, but I think it's more. I don't. In in some ways, they're more like pump up the volume. If if that makes sense. No, it does not. Okay, at all. so well, so, so in the nineteen sixties, there's this there's this whole run of people think that girls wearing bikinis are whores and listening to rock and roll music makes you a piece of shit and that you're all just lazy worthless assholes contributing nothing to society that it, there was that attitude of those people and beach party movies are essentially always this weird rejection of authority storyline that's what they always are it's it's you know we we're gonna go to the beach and we're gonna party and fuck you and i don't and I, I know it doesn't seem that deep, and if you watch them, it doesn't feel that deep. But if you like, if you pay attention to the subtext of them, it's always there. Of how dare, how dare these girls show their midriff? You know, you know what I mean? Like, there's always, always that subcontext. All right, see, that's something. At least they're kind of anti-establishment films, because, like I said, they didn't make any sense to me before. So, right. Well, you just have to imagine being a twelve-year-old kid. In the 1960s, you know, where you could go to the movie theater and you never got carded or anything. And there's girls in bikinis and rock and roll pants. Like, <laughs> it seems like a pretty fucking cool thing to do. Yeah. What you got, Dad? Well, we've talked about mine already. Because this is where I oh, had yeah. 3D. So, oh, yeah. 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 So watch Ving Rames get a shotgun and start shooting piranha. Exactly. <laughs> We don't need to go through it all again, do we? No. Uh, I should point out, I do have a criticism of that movie, which is I don't think the ending works very well, and I believe it's the director that doesn't really know how to end movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because whenever I watch it, I always feel like it feels like they're setting us up for another climax, like it's a twist. But it's not. It's supposed to be the setup for a sequel (laughs) when they bring in the even bigger fish. Mm -hmm. That's uh, what's his name? 
Aja, that's his motif is he doesn't really know how to end movies, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Uh, so my number two, uh, I'm going to say it's probably a movie neither one of you have probably heard of before. Hmm. Uh, but it played at the old Drunken Zombie Film Festival back in the day. Is a movie called El Monstro Del Mar from Australia. <laughs> what are you laughing for? Uh, and it's from uh, Australia. And essentially, if you take a Russ Meyer movie with, you know, three, like, rockabilly chicks, and you put them, after they kill a guy, they hide out in this old seaside town, and it turns out it's like a Lovecraft seaside town. So, of course, there's monsters that come out of the ocean, and they have to fight back in order to, uh, you know, survive. Uh, I was laughing because... Of course, of course, there's a delightful sea monster movie that's <laughs> independent and from Australia, because that's what them fuckers do. <laughs> I have no idea if he's mad or happy about this, Brian. Me neither. Do you understand? <laughs> I, I fucking love Australian movies. They fucking, they just nail it all the fucking time. They know what they're doing. They're not doing what anybody else is doing, but they do know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so you can actually rent this on Amazon Prime, at least here in the States. I don't know if it's up in Canada. Uh, but uh, I would say well worth your time. Uh, it's a 2010 movie. It's a nice slim and trim hour and 12 minutes. Um, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. So I would uh, highly recommend it. And uh, I think this is going to give me a good excuse to go back and watch it because I haven't watched it in a while. Nice. Uh, I obviously have no comment on it. Yeah. Uh, Noah, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is going to be Welcome to Spring Break, a.k.a. Okay. Uh, Nightmare Beach. Have you guys ever seen that one? I have not. That's an, another one I found on YouTube specifically to watch for this and then oh. did not watch out of the fear of complicating my life. <laughs> I... <laughs> It's one that I don't I I just don't know if you guys will love it or hate it. Okay. Because it is a uh it how the fuck do I describe this fucking movie? So it's a, it's a 1980s spring break movie, right? So we all understand what that is. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of girls in weird shaped bikinis and lots of girls showing their tits and all that kind of stuff. Uh it is that Mixed with a giallo film with a dude on a motorcycle uh, who's masked for almost the entire movie, killing the shit out of people. And the movie starts with a member of a biker game being executed by electrocution. And the guy on the motorcycle who's killing people has his motorcycle rigged like an electric chair so that he can electrocute people with it. He only does that twice, but but in general, he always electrocutes people to kill them. Uh, so there's this question of, is it him back from the dead killing people or who is it? Uh, another plus, John Saxon <laughs> back again, <laughs> who plays uh, a, a crooked cop. Who you find out that this guy who was executed didn't actually murder the girl that they thought this uh, John Saxon's character set him up. And of course, John John Saxon's character's name is Stryker because, of course, <laughs> it should of be. course he is. Yeah. 
but it, it, it's balls to the wall. It's got a pretty high kill count, and like I said, it's weird if you're if you kind of into that the whole giallo thing. This is an interesting take on it because you can see all of it, especially like at the end when the killer's revealed. You're like, of course, it's that random fucking side character that we've seen twice through the whole fucking movie. You know what I mean? Of course it is. It, <laughs> why would it be any of the people that they pointed at the entire movie? Nope, it's this fucking random dude. Uh, but it's fucking it's fucking awesome. It's a fairly well-made film. It's a little cheesy, but it's an 80s horror movie, so I think it's entitled to a specific level of cheese. Yeah. And, and just it. Yeah, and like I said, and it's a take on a giallo film, so it's also entitled to a certain level of awkward. Because all giallo films have that weird, I don't, I don't, I, I've never understood the plot twists in giallo films where they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to absolutely give very little setup to this and then at the end to be like, ah, oh, it's the abortion doctor. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? The dude, wait. <laughs> The guy from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> what does he have to do with any of this? Ooh, Michael Parks is in this. It's got a pretty good cast. The kill, the kill effects are uh, all not 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 top of the line eighties, but real real good. Lots of lots of uh, people getting like electric cables shoved in their mouth and stuff. It's interesting. I may have to check it out. Yeah, uh, it is. I do believe that one is either on YouTube or Tubi. I can't remember which one because I rewatched it for this because I wanted to rewatch it to make sure it was as good as I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) I need to recommend something and it'd be shit. Why would you hate to do that now? (laughs) No, listen, it's okay to recommend stuff that's shit as long as I preface that it's shit. And so people know (laughs) what's going on. Uh, yeah, uh, we can't even agree on the term of the definition. Of okay, right now at this point, I don't think. <laughs> what you what you got, Doug? Uh, sir, what are we at two still? Yeah, because that's where I had humanoids from the deep for fuel recall. So oh. I don't know why you guys are asking me about mine. All right, back around. Well, it'll be my number one, and uh, I don't know. This might be controversial. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but my number one is the original Piranha. So I have two Piranhas not, on my list. Not controversial. Yeah. No, I mean. Well, I just thought I, since I had the remake, if it would be like, no, you only get one Piranha per list. Yeah. When I, I at one point had them both on my list and I struggled because I thought we'd only be allowed one. And I never occurred to me to just give them two different spots. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to try to hyphenate like Noah did with his beach movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, Prana's, we, we covered it on the show and we just gushed about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got fishy people. It's got Dick Miller. I don't know what else you want. Yeah. Like I said, if we, if we were including all the other movies that I eliminated, it would be number two, probably be Jaws, Piranha, and then Humanoids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Piranha's, I mean, it's, it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. It is it's a very cheesy, obvious ripoff of Jaws. And yeah. since we, you know, didn't have Jaws on the list, like this is, of course, as good as having Jaws on the list because it's Piranha. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just amazing. 
Uh, it's hard to even say what's so good about Piranha. It's that whole, you know, middle part of the movie where the fish are just going downstream and they're chasing them downstream like it's the <laughs> fucking Ford Bronco chase. It's just like <laughs> that's that's a significant portion of the movie. And when you say it out loud, it sounds so ridiculous, but it's really fun in the movie. <laughs> Uh, what's your number one, Noah? Uh, so this is probably one people wouldn't predict. Um, 1964, The Flesh Eaters. Mm. Oh. Uh, it is a pilot, a movie star with a drinking problem. Her assistant uh, are attempting to fly her to an audition or something, but they end up happening to land down on a deserted island. Uh, on the deserted island, they discover a suspicious doctor with a German accent because it's a good 60s movie. I wonder if he's a bad guy. Um, and essentially what they discover is that the water around the island is filled with this super crazy flesh-eating uh, creature of some kind. It's like a... They're supposed to be microscopic, but he keeps picking them up with tweezers, so I think they're just tiny. Yeah, it was the 60s. People didn't know what microscopic he meant yet. Yeah, right. Uh, so this movie, the fucking death scenes are awesome. Awesome, awesome. Like, I, it's it's hard to stress how good they are compared to a normal black and white 1960s movie. I wouldn't go so far to call them like Night of the Living Dead level, but it's like that that end of things, not the the cheesy uh, rubber suit <laughs> beach party monster thing going on. Like the the effect is dumb. Every time it shows the creatures, it's basically just a uh, painted in like flashing light effect of where they are. But when they eat people, like the body melting stuff and the blood and uh, one guy like shoots himself in the head as he's being eaten. And uh, the movie, of course, ends with some good creature stuff because it turns out if you electrocute these things, they grow to gigantic size nice. <laughs> and and become giant super monsters. Uh, of course, the doctor turns out to he's actually American, but was assigned to Germany to read through all the evil Nazi researchers notes, but he decided instead to steal the notes and has developed these, uh, this flesh eating creature again in order to uh, sell it to the highest bidder. Of course, Uh, it almost reminds me of the, the weird thing is the way this movie plays out. It feels an awful lot like an episode of, uh, lost in space. <laughs> because you know you've got you've got all the main characters and they're all kind of working together, but the, you know the doctor's always just gonna fuck everyone over, like every time. But but yeah, no, it's it's fucking great. It's a fucking great movie, and I really 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 recommend it. It's actually been on my to watch list for a long time, and I don't know why I've never got around to it. Yeah, you sh- you should those those kill effects. Like I said, for a 1960s movie, they're so good. Other things not so good. Like whenever they show like a skeleton after the person's dead, it's real cheesy. It looks like a dollar store fucking skeleton. You know what I mean? But the actual like flesh eating and blood and stuff's all real good. All right. 
I might get to that one day. I also might not. That's important to note. All right, so my number one is maybe another cheat. Because <laughs> uh, fuck you guys, you said I couldn't put Jaws on, so I put Jaws 2 as my number one. Because <laughs> I don't care. I I love Jaws 2. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, so maybe we don't need to get too in-depth now. Yeah. But I just think it's a super fun, like, summer movie. I... I think they do a decent enough job of tying it into the original with the Brody character and his paranoia without kind of relying too heavily on that by making the teenagers sort of the main characters. I think that's the way to go. Mm. And it just turns it gives it almost like a little bit of a slasher feel, but with a shark, which is fun. I'm surprised you didn't go with the last shark. Well, if you'll recall, that wasn't a very good movie. (laughs) <laughs> plus then I went to what was the other one Great White that was basically that had half the same movie in it but I wouldn't know, wouldn't have been able to pick between the two so what did the last Jaws Jaws the Revenge or whatever yeah yeah uh, Jaws the Revenge is not a good movie I don't know how long it's been since you guys saw it I don't recommend it but Jaws 2 and, and Jaws 3 is good too it's just not as good and the problem with Jaws 3 is that it has the uh, has the 80s 3D and then when you watch it in non-3D it looks pretty cheesy sometimes yeah but it has Lewis Gust Jr. so yeah tie into last week yeah so I don't know Jaws 2 you guys have any comments I know you you watched it and you said you liked it a lot didn't you Ryan uh yeah I thought it was alright I mean obviously it's never gonna live up to Jaws but you know no Still got a shark, a shark eating people, so it's hard to be mad yeah. at that. Just right. I, I really like the setup of having all these kids adrift at sea with a shark coming. I think the performances are good from several of the actors, including the kid actor, who I think is surprisingly good. So when they're all stuck on those like overturned boats drifting towards the ocean, knowing that if they can't figure out how to control themselves, they're just going to be gone forever. I think that's a, a fun little bit of terror. And then you add a shark to it just for fun. So, yeah. So, yeah. That would Those be are our list. lists. Yeah. Uh, I do have an honorable mention. One I almost snuck on but decided it just is not enough of a beach movie. I almost tried to go with John Carpenter's The Fog. Fog, yeah. I saw that listed as a beach movie in some places and I thought it didn't. That's- that is a seaside down movie. Yeah. It's so controversial. There's another one was uh, Lost Boys. People refer to it as a beach movie. Yeah. Like it, yeah, like Look. they go to the beach at night and they walk along the boardwalk, which is, I'm sure, beside a beach, but that doesn't count. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, this seems does not seem like a beach movie to me. No, but people love that fucking movie, so they just want to put it on every list they can. <laughs> which fair. I mean, I still believe... Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. 
So we did get an email from Kent, but it was actually just a show suggestion, so no feedback this week. Well, it's the show suggestion, since none of us are going to check the email ever. Oh, God damn it! I don't have it pulled up. Oh, come on, man. Uh, You're in charge of these things. He says... Is it, is it okay. loading? Hey, guys, I found a YouTube link to one of my favorite terrible action movies, 1993's Private Wars, starring Steve Railsback. It might need to be part of a double feature with another Railsback classic, Termination Man. And he provided links to both. All right. Yeah, well, the list is getting pretty long, so maybe we'll throw that on there and see if we ever get to it. Another five years. Still haven't done uh, the the very first thing we put on the list. Masters of the Universe. Someday. Um, All right. So what did everybody watch? Uh, So I watched a lot of things, but a, a lot of those things are the things we just talked about. Uh, in in addition to those, I also watched a, a nether beach horror movie that I had heard of before and never sat down and watched called Welcome to Arrow Beach. Um, no, no idea. In, in, in which, so I I have I have a lot of complaints about it, but I think a lot of my complaints about it might just be the copy that I was watching. So it's real fuzzy and blown out in the audio shit. And I think it's just a bad old transfer that's never been improved. Because, I mean, it's one of those random 1970s fucking slasher movies that, uh, you know, they're, they're all the fucking same thing. What's the yeah. what was the random one we watched the, where they were kind of in the mental hospital? Oh, I don't know. I Damn it. More specific. I cannot remember. I can't remember what the name of that movie was either. Fuck it. But yeah, it's it's just real generic. It's not it's not special. Maybe it would be better, like I said, if it was cleaned up. But it just it looked like shit. It sounded like shit, and it had just a real generic plot to it. So it wasn't very wasn't very good. Not thanks. a recommend for me. Thanks for nothing. Whoever put that version of it up. Yeah. Yeah, we're all mad at those people for posting that movie so you can watch it for free. <laughs> well, but I mean, it was on a. I watched it on a paid service. Like, it's not oh. like I watched a YouTube copy of it. That's the actual transfer that they were using. Is just shit. Like, it, it needs restoration really, really yeah. bad. Yeah, it's like the Hercules and the Haunted World transfer. Yeah, piece of garbage. Like I said, I don't know if you guys if you guys ever watched a movie from the fifties or sixty where it all looks like the camera lens is dirty. If that makes yeah. sense, it's got that haze yeah. on yeah. fucking like everything. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly what you mean. Yeah, that's that's what the whole movie looks like. That's like isn't it's from like the seventies though, right? So yeah. you shouldn't have that anymore. I, I I've seen movies from the seventies that have that problem, and I find it very frustrating. Because it's like this is the same decade as movies like Jaws came out. Like you know, like this, you're you're three years away from Star Wars. You shouldn't look like this if you're going to call it a movie. Well, and once again, and I don't think that that it, that is the movie. I think that's like a dirty old uh, print that they're transferring from, and they just don't give a shit. So they just transfer from that dirty, shitty print. Yeah. So we should be mad at the streaming service. What streaming service is it? Uh, I do believe I rented it on Prime. God damn it. 
Bezos. <laughs> Damn you, Bezos! That's the same as the uh, that's the same as the Hercules movie, right? Is that where you guys said it was yeah. terrible? Yep. Yeah. Alexa, Alexa, tell Jeff Bezos he's an asshole. <laughs> Self destruct starting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but that's it. Besides, besides rewatching all all my movies for my list, that was the only other one I watched. What about you, Doug? Uh, let's see couple of things. Uh, first thing, follow up to last week, I did get around to watching Avenging Angel, the sequel oh. to Angel from last week. Well, let's start with this. I watched Angel this week. Okay. It is the movie that I had memories of, but didn't know what movie it was. Okay. So, so yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a Corman uh, 80s uh, I don't know, would you even call it not necessarily a revenge movie, but just yeah, slasher serial killer going after hookers movie, right? And it, I think, I think the well, while maybe the movie itself is not all that great, it has a shit ton of character in it because, like you had pointed out, I loved just spending time with all the random people that she hung out with. Yeah. I, no, I loved that, that cast of characters last, like in last week's movie or one you watched this week. I loved just hanging out on Hollywood. It made me want to go to Hollywood Boulevard and just chill, yeah. And just be like, watch for these people. Yeah. So that and, was a lot of fun. And, instead, if you went to Hollywood Boulevard, you'd just have some insane homeless person screaming at you. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Fair enough. You're like, hey, where's all the hookers and the drag queens and. Uh... Whatever I'm looking for a hooker with the heart of gold and then some dude's like that costs extra motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so yeah the scene I remember him washing in the in the wash basin for whatever reason <laughs> that comes to mind that was one of the memories I had and then uh, uh, the the uh, the drag queen guy, drag queen, transvestite, whatever, whatever was appropriate for his character. Because, I mean, he's just like a dude in a dress, in a wig. Well, he talks with a feminine voice as well. I don't know. Sure. I don't know exactly what they were going for in the movie, and I don't know the yeah. politically correct term to describe yeah. that person, regardless of what they were going for. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because it, it, it was just... discussion. It was a very 80s thing that someone had an idea, and there was no... Yeah, I don't know. So but I remember you see him, what I was saying last week about he wasn't just the butt of the joke. Like, it no, wasn't no, just, no. Like, not like uh, what was the movie we watched with uh, Arena, where it was just the whole joke was just like, can you believe that yeah. this guy's gay? Like, could, could you even imagine what it's like to be gay? That was the... And it was, they kept referring to it. And this one here, he's just a... No, nobody nobody even acknowledges it. No, doesn't even come he, up. He just shows up and you're like, well, that's a that's a dude. And then that's just that's who he is the entire movie. Like, there's no yeah. there's nobody like calling him out. There's nobody making fun of him. There's nobody anything. But there were a couple of like little jokes I seem to recall about, you know, like, oh, you, you don't even know how to wear the right clothes or something. But it was not. Not what you would expect from an 80s movie. It wasn't the yeah. level of crass that you would expect. Yeah. So I remember the killer going after him. 
that scene, like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I totally remember that scene. And then at the very end, when the uh, the cowboy shows up uh, to help save everybody in the last couple minutes, that scene I remembered, too. So, so all these memories have been cleared up for me, and now I know what they're from. So thanks, Doug. No problem. I'm glad, I'm glad you <laughs> got to have that experience. <laughs> So you watched Avenging Angel sequel. I did, yes. So yeah, the sequel, um, the setup is that uh, Angel from the original movie, not the same actress, but the same character, is back. She, uh, the detective from the first movie, basically got her off the streets, paid for her to go to college, which is fascinating, and she's now in law school. And uh, Also, the, the cop, I believe, is played by somebody else, isn't he? I wasn't sure if it was played because, you know, when you watch movies a week apart and you watch way too many fucking movies for your own health. Yeah. So I'm like, is that a different actor or did he just grow his hair out in between movies? I can't tell. And I didn't bother to check. Oh, well, um, keep talking. I'll look it up. So, yeah. But anyways, basically the after they've had a visit where they give us the exposition of what's been going on, cop returns to L.A. and is promptly killed in a shootout. So Angel decides to go back to LA, kind of go undercover as her old self. Uh, she's going to gather the team of misfits together and they're going to investigate and find out who did this to her cop friend. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting premise for a movie, getting the, the group of kind of misfits back together to do vigilante stuff. Uh, the problem is this one just leaned heavily into the comedy in a way that I didn't necessarily want it to. Um, mm. So the old cowboy guy, he's been forced into a like a sanitarium for the elderly. So they have to go in and get him out. And they literally, like, they we get scenes of them driving up in a hearse and, like, lying their way through the door. Like, it's the three, how the Three Stooges would get into a sanitarium. And then they're running around and they're, finding all the other patients who are all acting crazy because that's why they're in there and it culminates with them literally putting him under a sheet and they're trying to wheel him out like as if he just died and when they're almost caught the um, gurney or whatever the term would be gurney I guess is right is let go so it slides down the ramp towards the uh, open hearse and he when it hits he just goes flying into the back of it and you're just like ah that level of humor is just way too amped up from the first movie. I, I've said this before. I like it. If you're going to watch a sequel to something, I like them to be sort of a tonally the same type of movie. And this one is a, a big change. So I didn't enjoy it nearly as much. A hmm. uh, different actor playing. playing okay. the, uh, cop. Yeah. So, that, and yeah, honestly, having a different actor in as Angel was a real problem too, because mm-hmm. first of all, it was a good performance in the last movie, and second of all, it's just weird when the movies are only shot like they're only made like a couple of years apart. So it's like, why aren't you just getting her back? They're made exactly one year apart. Exactly one year apart. Yeah. Okay, eighty-four to eighty-five. Yeah. Fun fact, the girl that played Angel was in Jaws 2, which was my number one movie earlier in the conversation. Oh, there you go. Ties everything together. Because uh, everything, everything ties together if you try exactly. hard enough. Same uh, writer and director, too, from the first one. Yeah, 
So it feels like maybe it's just a cash grab, and that's how they filled up the 90 minutes you need for your cash grab is by amping up the comedy. They didn't have any more kind of nuanced ideas. They used them all up. Yeah, and it looks like the only people that really came back was uh, Rory Calhoun, who plays uh, Kit Carson, the cowboy. Yeah. And then the uh, landlord lady. Yeah, and I think the the weird magician guy that does yo-yo tricks is back, too. Oh, okay. I think that was the same actor. Certainly the same character. So, which yeah. is enough, like, but in this, put it this way, in this one, there is literally a scene with some transvestite characters, and, like, Kit Carson comes in and he goes, ladies, and he nods at them, and then they speak and they have men's voices, and he's like, or, uh, gentlemen, like, and that's supposed to be a joke. And I'm like, well, that kind of goes against what you did in the last movie. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. maybe the last movie was a f- – I don't know if that means that like you know they're just ramping up the comedy or if the last movie was a fluke and they weren't trying to be progressive and just did it by a mistake. But it's certainly different. So Yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't recommend it unless you're a completionist and you have to watch all the Angel movies. Well, I don't know if I do, but <laughs> – but I just discovered there's an Angel 4. 4? I thought yeah. it was just a trilogy. You remember? Angel 3, the final chapter? Well, I just found out. Angel 4, undercover. Yeah, that's the one where Tommy Jarvis is going to take over as the killer. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's... Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's the same character played even by... A completely different person than, than <laughs> even even those movies. So yeah, is it the writer director? It is not. Okay. Uh, but apparently, okay, Molly is now a police photographer in a relationship with a DJ. Uh, by the way, this is 1994. Uh, yeah, I know. I can tell from your description. <laughs> Her old friend from the streets gets in touch with her. She's in town with a band and hot for the lead singer. Her friend gets murdered and Molly turns up at the scene to photograph the body. So Molly again assumes the identity of Angel and hits the club scene to search for the killer. This time as a groupie rather than a prostitute. I'm not going to be watching Angel 3 or Angel 4. No? Right ahead. If you want to watch them. (laughs) Provide me with the reviews and I'll... uh... If you convince me they're high art, I'll go back and rewatch them. But yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to stop at one. Probably that's probably the right move. It's probably what I should have done. But yeah, after I watched one, it's it's fucking two B man. They're getting really good with their algorithms. <laughs> so after I watched one, like next time I logged in, there it was sitting there waiting for me. I'm like, all right, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. I think I watched the trailer for two and three and i think i got enough out of the out of it i feel like i should start doing that and then maybe i'd watch better movies <laughs> instead of just going in blind based on the recommendations of a free service <laughs> it's a bummer because i was excited by the concept of her reuniting everybody to fight crime but yeah like the idea sounded good when you said it last week i was like oh yeah for sure because it's just the idea of this group of misfits just attacking the criminals and I, I can picture them like storming a compound at some point and it seemed very fun <laughs> bummer uh, 
so the next thing I watched, which is also technically a bummer, but it's a bummer on purpose, okay. is a it's a movie called uh, The Boys Next Door from 1985. Hmm. You heard of this one? Uh, I remember hearing about it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's Charlie Sheen and someone else, right? Yeah, Max Caulfield, I think his name is. Um, Rex Manning, for those people who want a reference point. Oh, there um, you go. So 1985 movie, they're basically their high school graduates. They're kind of misfits and outcasts. And it's like it's 1985. So there's like they're walking around in jeans and T-shirts. And that makes them misfits and outcasts because everybody else is like preppy, stuck up guys. And uh, in long and short of it is they don't really want to start working at the factory that they're about to start working at now that they've graduated high school. And so they decide they're going to take a little road trip first. Uh, on the road trip, one reveals to the other that, you know, I kind of kind of have these tendencies to, towards being a serial killer. Never really acted on them before. That's weird, though, right? And the guy's like, yeah, that is weird. Um, and the next thing you know, they just go through a series of increasingly violent events. Starts with them getting into an argument with the guy at a gas station and beating him to a pulp and stealing stuff from the gas station results in uh, a couple of different murders ends with the giant chase scene through LA cops chasing him around um pretty effective like dramatic film like the kind of movie where it's it's not quite shot well enough to become like a classic but a lot of the scenes definitely have like an emotional impact when you see they're just like beating people and you're just like okay it's time for it to stop and they just hang on it that little bit too long the, it's from the director of Suburbia, which we talked about a while back. Um, obviously, she partly hiring those like actual street kids into being able to afford real actors now. Um, so it has that same almost, I don't want to call it like a documentary feel, but it feels a lot more real than most 80s movies do. And it's just, yeah, it's just them getting increasingly violent. Uh, until it kind of ends with the showdown between the two of them because of some of the things that go on. Like, basically one of them goes way, way too far. And the other character is just like, this is a fucking enough. Like, you know, I can't be doing this anymore. It's, it, it's weirdly enough, it, it, it when it starts to get, it gets kind of personal for the one guy. And I, I, I don't know how spoilery I want to get with it, but it's one guy is literally having sex with the chick and the other guy just comes in and kills her in the middle of it. And it uh, turns out like the Charlie Sheen character, who's the one getting laid at the time. He doesn't like that. He's against what? Many who he's currently having sex with. Like, um, so that's kind of the line for them. And it ends with, it ends with the, uh, I don't, I don't even think it's a spoiler to say it really, cause it's more about the journey than the destination, but it ends with the Charlie Sheen character shooting the Caulfield character. And then, being arrested himself and taken away and it's like kind of a really sad depressing movie about just two guys that are just nuts for no particular reason like there's not really any background given as to what the hell causes this other than just the stress of becoming an adult mixed with the um, psychotic tendencies of one of the characters so I, I enjoyed it um in that way that you enjoy that sort of movie. Mm. It wasn't mind altering or anything. It was 
but it was a good watch. I'm glad I watched it, and it's like safe. It's been a, it's one I heard about a long time ago and thought, oh, that sounds interesting, but wasn't immediately available at the time, so I just gave up. And then it popped up, and I said, all right, and I watched it. Uh, yeah, I'll just put it on my list. Yeah, I, I think you'd enjoy it on that level of like, it's just kind of like a whoa, that's fucked up. Look what's happening, and then you move on. Yeah, and the the, the it movie actually opens with some like real life news footage about serial killers and mass murderers and stuff, and talking about how like we don't really know why they do that, and they you know. They all kind of just, and they're usually in their twenties, just all of a sudden decide to snap and start killing people, and nobody can seem to figure out why this phenomena exists. And then we follow these characters as it happens with them. Nice. Which I guess is the the point. Maybe is to say we don't know why they're doing this. We don't. Mm-hmm. There isn't an explanation, so don't go looking for one within the confines of this movie. Nice. So. Yeah, and then uh, the only other thing I did is I finally finished up my Marvel rewatch. With uh, so I watched three more Marvel movies this week. Nice. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, which was I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on the Ant Man movies, but I fucking love Paul Rudd as a superhero. He's just <laughs> he's just so fucking charming that you're just like you enjoy watching it. And then uh, the Michael Pena character shows up, and you're like, oh, that guy's funny too. And the whole movie is just that. It's just a bunch of fun stuff happening. And I, I really like the way Marvel uses it. They use a, a silly movie like that to establish one of my favorite things about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is that they're like, hey, by the way, there was like some superhero things going on back in like the 60s that we didn't make movies about that because we started, you know, <laughs> in the 2000s. But just so you guys know. There was some cool superhero stuff going on back then, too. And if we ever get bored, we already know how to de-age these guys. We could just make, a, like, a Goliath movie starring fucking uh, Larry Fishburne, if we if we decide to. We'll let you know, kind of thing. I, I like that layering of the universe that exists. I always think it's fun. Because literally, when you hear the title Ant-Man and the Wasp in this movie, you don't even technically know who they're referring to. There are two Ant-Man and two Wasps in this movie. There you go. That's I really thought of it. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. I know there's not a lot to say about it because it's just kind of a fun romp movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, I, I I just I love the fact that with him they made a superhero movie where he doesn't have to be badass. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's it's neat how different they make all their characters. You know, here's a guy that's kind of a stumbling, bumbling idiot, but he's got this cool suit so he can pull off a bunch of cool shit, but he still doesn't always know what he's doing. And that of course comes to fruition with like, like when we get to end game where he's just like, can't even keep up with the conversation most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one making movie references. So after that, I watched uh, Captain Marvel, which it's actually my first time watching it since theaters. Mm, I haven't watched and I gotta it since say, theaters. Like, like, I gotta say, like, for me, it held up really well on a rewatch. I I really like the character. Um, I think they do a really... They, they found a way to do kind of an interesting twist on the 
origin story by not giving us the origin at the beginning of the movie, which I guess isn't that unique, Mm -hmm. but I think it works pretty well in this movie, especially the way it plays out. And uh, yeah, I kind of think part of the reason this movie exists is just so they can give the middle finger to DC, because there's a scene in this movie where you're like, this character has all of these huge superpowers she could become really really good or really really bad and then she literally looks at like the American flag on somebody's shirt and takes on the colors voluntarily and it's like oh so if you have somebody who's just like the most powerful being in your universe but then you combine them with good old fashioned American values they become the best hero they could be that wasn't so hard to figure out now was it (laughs) creators of Superman you (laughs) finally Like it's just it really feels like it's on purpose almost. I don't know if that's my own bias in the film or not, but it's it's so ham fisted that they can't they have to be making commentary. (laughs) So yeah. I don't know. I need to rewatch it. I don't remember being in love with it, but um, it's my it's my favorite Stan Lee cameo. It's lots of fun. There's some sure. great '90s references, which is like perfect for me because it's like like every song is on a CD that I own. I contemplated listening to a CD when I was done watching the movie, but wasn't actually going to get it, get one out. I just thought that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> but I think I was more just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got to watch this movie so the end game can come out. So there, I've seen the movie. Now, bring on in-game. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I understand that. And I also think there's an element of just like, okay, I got to – what do I need to know about this person? That's going to be how she affects the next movie, right? Whereas now I was just sitting back watching it going like, oh, it it is kind of fun. Like Nick Fury as a young guy is – the performance is quite good even if every time he runs he looks like an old man running with a young man's face on him, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's – it sounds dumb, but like, yeah, the fact that she crashes into a blockbuster is super fun. The fact that she steals a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt to run around in. In her flashback sequences, she's wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt because it was supposed to be six years earlier. You're like, okay. That all makes sense. So, yeah. I, so, I don't know. I so now, now if you do another rewatch of the Marvel Universe at some point... Are you going to be tempted to go chronological order? Like you watch Captain America first, and then this? I don't know. I've done that before. I think when, like, Age of Ultron came out, maybe. Mm-hmm. I did, like, a rewatch where I, like, had Googled it and watched literally everything. Like, so even, like, the little Marvel one-shots that were on, like, the Blu-rays and stuff. And literally watched everything in the chronological order according to some list that was on the internet, which I assume was accurate. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to be before I go back and do another rewatch because 23 movies is a lot of movies. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And there's just going to be more coming, right? Yeah. So. It's not going to get smaller, only bigger. Maybe DC will get their shit together and then they'll have two movie series to worry about. I don't think so. (laughs) I I hope they do. I really hope they do. There's some interesting ideas floating around over there, but I don't have any faith in it. So. 
Yeah. I just, yeah, I just have no faith in it. Yeah. How they didn't fire Ezra Miller already, I am so baffled by. Uh, how they haven't scrapped everything and started from scratch yet, I don't know. Yeah. Like, now there's, like... Because even, like... Okay, so they hired uh, James Gunn to do the Suicide Squad movie. But you have, like, some characters that tie into other movies and some characters that don't. Is that what we're to understand? How is that going to make any sense? It's not going to. So, and, like, that's what happened with that stupid Harley Quinn movie, too, is to give the Harley Quinn from the previous movie breaking up with the Joker, but she's not breaking up with the Joker from the previous movie? Well, then, how does that make sense? It's just frustrating. I thought the worst part of that movie was that they uh, turned one of the most badass characters ever into an annoying little girl. Yeah. I know people didn't like that, but I'm not familiar with the character, so I only know her as an annoying little girl. She is she is the most badass bad girl by leaps and bounds. I don't want to get into a DC discussion. Can I tell you guys that I watched Endgame? <laughs> can, we, can we talk about that? Does what everybody about, love that? What about Infinity War? Did you watch Infinity War? We talked about it last week. Oh, did we? Yeah. Because yeah. last week you asked me if I was going to jump straight to Endgame. And oh, I told okay. you that it would be disrespectful to Ant-Man and the Wasp if I skipped it. So <laughs> That's right. Fair enough. <laughs> So I watch Endgame's still awesome if you guys are wondering. <laughs> it's uh it's so fucking good. There's so many good moments in it. And I watched one of those like YouTube clips where they point out stuff that you're not gonna notice. Mm-hmm. And they're like they're like literally they're like, remember the beginning of the movie when Tony's fl- like spends six days playing that game where you flick paper at like to make to play football or whatever? And then they're like, here he is later in the movie flicking ant-man with intense accuracy because of all his practice i'm like god damn it they did do that on purpose didn't they (laughs) there's no way you could pick up on it and there's like there's scenes during like the battle between cap and thanos at the end where you see thanos grabbing cap by the wrist because he can't lift the hammer so he can only he, he can't actually grab the weapon out of his hand and i'm like that's so clever when you I don't know how you zoom in to see that if you're watching it in real time, but yeah, I mean, all the powerful moments still work. The one girl power moment still doesn't work and it's still, it's frustrating to me. <laughs> I, uh, the whole, I, the whole element of having pepper pots show up for the final fight is inherently flawed. I understand wanting to bring that character in and have her do those things, but it needs to have been set up if you wanted to do it. And then, and not set up by like the three lines of dialogue at the beginning of the movie set up for real. Um, and then, yeah, that moment of having them all like, look, we're the girls and we can be here to help too. And I'm like, just no, no, and I don't, it, it's none of the characters have any connection to each other and it makes no sense in the context of the movie. And like, you know, they did it in infinity war and it worked absolutely fine because it made sense in the context of the movie Captain Marvel's a whole movie that's essentially has that girl power message to it and it works. Just this one scene in Endgame is just frustrating to me watching it because there's so much other cool shit going on where you've got like the reunion of, of uh, Peter and Tony and all these other moments and the on your left moment are all happening and then we're like, but we have to pause and do this one too and it's like, no, no you don't. So 
That's the only moment of that movie that just annoys me. Yeah, apparently that the whole end fight was like recut twice. Was it? Mm-hmm. Cause That's the true. whole the whole running with the uh the glove like a football thing, apparently yeah. that was new. That everything happened a different way and they decided to change it. Okay. There's even a continuity error where at one point Hank Pen or not Hank Pen Scott Ant Man's is supposed to be in the van rewiring the time machine, but then there's a scene in the battlefield where he's in the background giant punching one of the alien ship things. Okay, I know both. I, I know the visual of him punching the big alien ship thing, and I know him going into the van. I did not pick up on a continuity error though. Yeah. Well, I, it's not the one where it's zoomed in on it. There's a part where he's in the background okay. while they're focusing on something else. It's a, And once again, it's because that fight was supposed to happen a completely different way. Yeah. Interesting. But, yeah. I mean, the whole movie, again, we're, we're really nitpicking here for like a, a fantastic movie and an amazing culmination of yeah. just like 23, 23 movies. Really, I mean, Iron Man 3 is my least favorite of those and really if that's Agreed. your like if that's your low point though that's not so bad like it's my biggest complaint about that is that it doesn't feel like a, a Marvel movie as a standalone it's perfectly watchable so pretty impressed with how that played out pretty happy I don't know are you sad that it looks like we're probably not going to get a Marvel movie this year I am, but I also understand. I'd rather them do it correctly than try to like force one out or like murder half their casting crew to <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it, it is what it is. It's not their fault. My my instinct would be to say something like, Why the hell don't they just uh do the straight to streaming thing with Black Widow? And then I'm like, Oh man, people waited a real fucking long time for them to do. Yeah. Black Widow and everybody would be so salty if her numbers were bad due to them doing yeah. that. Yeah, they kind of yeah. can't. <laughs> it's like, well, it's our big female one that she's like the last Avenger almost to get her own movie, so we can't just shuffle it off to fucking Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, because then that puts her like on that would put her at getting her own movie on Disney Plus and then Hawkeye's getting his own series on Disney Plus. Yeah. Ski can't. I don't think he can give Hawkeye. It's it's different if one is theatrical and one is on TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I personally, I I wish they'd throw it up there just because I have Disney Plus already paid for for the year anyway, so I will get to watch it. But yeah. that's strictly for my benefit. That's not worrying about anybody else. I know. I know the reason why Disney did what it did with. Uh... Disney Plus not not having, you know, a thousand shows in the can or whatever like DCU did and burnt themselves out and ran out of money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they really should have had more shows ready to go. Like yeah. <laughs> but, but starting with like a lineup of three shows that most people are only going to be interested in one of was a bad fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've actually day, thought they, about canceling my Disney several times now because I'm like, I don't I don't have anything to watch. 
they're they're banking on people getting it for the classics, not the new stuff, right? Like they're banking on all the Marvel fans, all the Star Wars fans, and all the uh, classic Disney fans and the Pixar fans, like just wanting to have those movies at their fingertips. Because who wants to walk all the way over to a shelf to watch a movie when you can just hit a couple buttons? So what's the next big franchise you're going through, Doug? I do not know yet. I gotta think of something. All the James Bond movies. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, do you guys want to know what I? Uh, you guys want to know what I didn't watch this week? Which is of particular interest, because it's the reason I started this whole Marvel thing in the first place. I did not watch Rise of Skywalker this week, despite the fact that I my Blu-ray got delivered, oh. and I put it down beside my Blu-ray player and I walked by it for several days and I picked it up and put it on the shelf still in the wrapper next to all the other Star Wars movies. I'm like, I bought this because I'm a completionist, but I don't know if I'm ever going to watch that movie again. <laughs> I really, really did not like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. I'm I'm officially scared to tell my three-year-old about the sequel trilogy because <laughs> he'll want to watch them. And I'm like, oh, he he would really enjoy Force Awakens. I think he'd be super sad when Han Solo gets stabbed and stuff. But that, and then like Last Jedi, I think he'd be weirded out by because it's so different and weird. But he'd like all the battles. Mm-hmm. And then I just, what if he wants to watch this one? I don't want him to watch that one. <laughs> So, I don't know. <laughs> God, it's so it's such an up and down trilogy. Yeah. Like, people are so excited for Force Awakens. And then of course you had people that were bitching about it. And then yeah. Last Jedi comes out and it completely splits like everybody down the middle. I I think the big thing is like I don't feel like of the new 3, I don't hate any one of them right I don't like actively seethe and go that is bullshit Um, which I do do with the prequel movies every time like I try to watch one I'm like this is bullshit and I turn it off I get so mad (laughs) but uh, I don't know I don't get the I don't get the bitching about it I personally wish they would just wipe the slate and just start over again (laughs) just admit just admit that they all fucked up that that the at least uh, four and five were amazing movies, and and then maybe rethink it from there. Like you can keep Return of the Jedi or not. Uh, to Return of the Jedi, some of the stuff, like yeah, some of it's cheesy, and the whole concept of having a second Death Star is, I don't know. It's more cheesy now than it was in the 80s. Back then, I don't think people were as sick of that idea of it's the same thing as the last movie, but bigger. Um, But man, that stuff, when Luke goes on the Death Star or with uh, Vader and the Emperor, all that stuff is fantastic. Well, once again, so I personally, The Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. By far, <laughs> but you I, just I, said you could you could leave it or not in canon. Well, yeah. Well, because the truth is, I understand. I understand why people look at it and go, 
okay, this is where it started. You know what I mean? This is where they started, where George Lucas was like, maybe I could make a couple more billion. You know what I mean? If I let's put in little teddy bear people, you know, and it's like somebody tell George no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the reason I, I had a big, long argument with somebody about that the other week, that the worst part of Star Wars is George Lucas. He's the worst. Like every he had OK ideas that other people made better and bad ideas that other people stopped. And the second he was given full control, shit just started to get not good. Yeah. Yeah, but but nothing he did is as bad as what happened in that ninth movie, so. (laughs) Uh, Like, he didn't make the end of a saga and then be like, and if you buy a book, you can find out what the hell Lando's talking about in this scene. He didn't do that shit. Like, yeah, he might have invented Ewoks just so he could have toys, but at least they served a purpose in the movie. Right. Like I said, and I think I think Return of the Jedi turned out okay. It's it's fine. It, I love how you say it's your favorite. They're like, it's fine, I guess. Well it has it, it has its problems. Here's here's the problem. The the very beginning of Return of the Jedi is fucking awesome. All the all the stuff in Jabba's Palace is fucking awesome. Everything up to the Sarlacc pit is I think great. Right. And then everything at the end, once they once once it's a trap, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> once once that moment happens, it's fucking great. The problem is there's that middle bit that's just uh completely unnecessary in so many ways. There's not that much in between there though. I don't have the running times in front of me or anything, but the, the running times pretty long. <laughs> but I would say it's a third of the movie. That's the problem. The 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 reason why it's my favorite is because the first third and the last third are so fucking good that I think it makes up for the fact that the middle third is not very good at all. Yeah, but in the middle third you get the speeder chase, which is fun. Yeah, which is fun, but it's not epic or anything. We get our first appearance of Warwick Davis. True. That's that's important. It's important Sad Ewan. It's important in my little world, but but I don't know. Like I said, I, I just have such a love hate relationship with Star Wars anymore. It it's so vastly inconsistent in how good the stuff is. Like the 1970s comic books are so fucking good, and then. Most of the rest of the comic books are not good at all. They are dumb shit. Yeah, I've never read a Star Wars comic. I don't know. Anyways, we can all agree Rise of Skywalker is the worst of all the things that have come out, right? Let's just move on from that point without anybody else responding. <laughs> Disagree. Hmm. I, pers- I personally think... Uh, out of the new three, The Last Jedi is the worst one. That's – at least it's a movie. Yeah. It's just not a good movie. But I also don't think any of those are anywhere near as bad as episode one. Episode one is a steamy pile of shit. 
See, I don't agree. I don't mind episode one. It's slow, which I, I understand is that. frustrating for people. And yes, the performance from the child is problematic. And that Woo-hoo! performance from the child. Yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, I was I was getting ready to say the only parts of part one that are any good are the parts that have Darth Maul in them. And that's not very much. <laughs> still mad. I'm still mad at Lucas for killing him off in the first movie. They brought him back. It's fine. Well, yeah, it's like after he was done, someone else brought him back. No, they brought him back when Lucas was still in charge, right? Yeah, but when did you first well, they, back, they brought him back in a book and in a cartoon. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's out of the original trilogy, like he should have been your Darth Vader. And then they fucked that up in the first movie. Like, I, I don't I wouldn't have had a problem with more Darth Maul at all. That's yeah. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying, yeah, no, I don't I don't have the problems with that movie that other people seem to. Yes, I think some of the fights I, where somebody should have said no to George Lucas for me is comes like in the final battle scenes where the. Some of the comedy gets ramped up, and I'm like, "You're you're taking away the stakes of this battle scene by having too much comedy go and have you know what I mean." Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's certainly the sequence in Episode Two where they like C-3PO has his head on the wrong body for what seems like about 45 minutes, and I'm just like, "No, not good, not good." <laughs> but there's all sorts of stuff like that, or they're like. Uh, R2-D2 has a jetpack, and you're like, does he? Yes. <laughs> because that would have been real fucking useful about a thousand times in the other movies that he never had a jetpack. Meh. It, it doesn't work by the time they get there because of something that happened in a book somewhere, I assume. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's real post-hockey. So I just feel like... For somebody who likes to mirror a lot of the mythology throughout the movies, so you kind of had Darth Maul in all three of the prequels, and I mean they built like the marketing of the first one around him anyway. So you could have kept him around, built the marketing around it, whatever. Had him be sort of your Darth Vader, and then like in Return of the Jedi, where he offers Luke, like the Emperor offers Luke, like. If you strike down Vader, then you can, you know, become my, I don't know, what the fuck are they even called? Apprentice. Apprentice or whatever. And he's basically telling him, like, give in to your hate and strike down Vader and, like, all this stuff. And, of course, as we all know, he doesn't. And then Vader ends up turning to protect them, blah, blah, blah. So in the prequel trilogy, you could have had that whole scenario where he offers Anakin, if you strike down my apprentice, then you could take his place by my side. And Anakin actually takes him up on it. And that's when he turns completely. And I just feel like that would have been a good, like, sort of mirror to what happened in the original trilogy. And just would have been a good moment and a good scene and would have helped complete his turn to the dark side, which I don't don't feel was really all that well spelled out in the last one. It was, it was so. not. No. I was going to say, see, if I, if I had all the power, the the first movie would have been about Anakin becoming a Jedi 
Mm-hmm. And then the end of the second movie would be Anakin becoming Vader, right? So the second movie, you kind of do that arc of there's something wrong with him. And then at the end of the second movie falls. And then the third movie would be uh, Vader and the Emperor destroying the Jedi, like, yeah. and making the world the way it is now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or the way it is in episode four. Yeah. So there's just so much they could have done that they just completely threw out the window and didn't even bother with fucking metachlorians so that's an awful lot of talk about a movie you didn't even watch no like a whole yeah (laughs) and then a whole bunch of movies that none of us even discussed watching this week (laughs) you know can i can we end things on a happy note you know i watched one of the things this week yeah which was i i actually rewatched the first avengers movie but i watched it with my kid oh yeah and that movie is so fun and so exciting that it held a three-year-old's attention for the full running time, which is pretty rare. And it was super fun to watch it with a child. And I had a really proud dad moment when he turned to me partway through the movie and was like, why does Captain America keep taking his mask off? <laughs> and I was like, see? <laughs> like, see? You're not, you shouldn't he be keeping it on? And my kid actually says, it'd probably be safer to fight with it on. <laughs> I was like... I don't know how to explain to you the marketing decisions behind him having to show his face because he's getting paid so much that they don't want him to not be seen. I don't. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I know it's only been a couple of weeks since last time I talked about the first Avenger movie, but it's <laughs> first Avengers movie, sir. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's real good. It was real fun to watch it with a kid who'd never seen it. Nice. Like, the look on his face, like the first time the hammer hits the shield and everything blows up, and he's like, "Whoa!" I'm like, Which one do you think is stronger, the hammer or the shield? And he's like, "Doesn't know what to say." It's real good. I feel, I feel like my only two complaints about the first Avenger are still they wasted Hugo Weaving, which is disappointing because he's a fucking fantastic actor, and. uh and then Arnim, the, the it's and it's not this movie's fault because it's fine. The setup for Arnim Zola is so exciting, and then you never actually get a real Arnim Zola payoff. Yeah, are you I talking? Like you highlighted the confusion about that. I'm saying the first Avengers movie, and you're saying the first Avenger. And oh, I'm I thought you said different first movies. Ah, <laughs> never mind then. That's, I, that's my favorite part of this conversation so far. <laughs> In that case, my biggest complaint about the first Avengers movie is, man, I don't like that uh, Cap costume. It's not very good. Nobody, and nobody really did afterwards, which is why they revamped it pretty quickly. Oh, let's be honest. He was going to get a new movie in every, or a new costume in every movie, regardless of what happens. The funny thing is it didn't take a lot of tweaking to make it better. It's just, I don't know, something about the coloration or the way it's set or something. I don't well, I just never understood why they tweaked it from the first Captain America movie because I feel like the look of it in the first Captain America movie where, yeah, it's got the color scheme, but, I mean, it's basically very utilitarian was, like, the perfect representation of it to the point he even steals it back in the Winter Soldier movie. I was going to say the difference, the difference is it's Cap as a soldier versus Cap as a uh, sure. symbol. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, you wouldn't necessarily 
want him in that old timey uniform running around with the uh, you know with Iron Man and stuff. It would seem a little out of place. I'm just disappointed we never got Nomad, the man without a country, <laughs> rocking his deep ass V. We sort of did though, like that was the version that they brought out in Infinity War. They just we missed the the middle movie between the two with Secret Avengers or whatever you want to call them. Well, that's not that's not Secret Avengers, Captain America. I'm talking full disco yeah. collar, uh, a, a perfect V from his chest pubes all he the was, way down to his ball throw. He was never gonna wear that costume that you love so much. <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> The closest you're going to yeah. get is no mask, gross beard. That's what you got. I'm just saying, if that V got any deeper, his dick be hanging out. And that's one of the reasons why we're never going to get it. <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to say something. I completely forgot what it was. Oh, uh, we are going to get U.S. Agent, though, as part of the Winter yeah. Soldier. Uh, yeah. Falcon series, so I really, I really like the pictures coming out about that series. Mm-hmm. Everything looks real good. I hope it's as good as it seems like it's going to be. See, I keep, I keep telling myself they made the Mandalorian. They can't fuck this up. <laughs> well, don't say that. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe in order to fix Star Wars, they had to take John Favreau away from Marvel. I was getting ready to say that's we were talking about Star Wars. That's what they need to do. They need to fire every fucking person that has touched Star Wars <laughs> since Return of the Jedi came out and just give it to John Favreau and be like, do that. Do what you just did, but in a movie. How do we feel about uh, them bringing Boba Fett into The Mandalorian Season 2? It'll, be a, it'll all be interesting. There, there's rumors that they're bringing in a bunch of characters from the other stuff. Yeah, uh, which was yeah. which was which was inevitable. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm totally for more characters. I'm just hoping that it's not too fan servicey. I guess it's like, hey guys, we're bringing in Boba Fett. Boba Fett's cool, right? My my big thing is I'm hoping they're going to establish the fact that Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, they can go either way with that right now. They don't have a canon answer to that. So. I, I know they don't have a canon answer to it, but if they change that, that's one of those things that I, I just ain't going to be down with it. I like the idea that he's not a Mandalorian. He just has Mandalorian armor, which would be an interesting foil to a Mandalorian because that would piss them off really, really bad. Well, it's interesting, too, because I'm, I'm just trying to think of the canon logic of we don't know – if Django Fett was a Mandalorian or not, other than the fact that he could, kept taking his helmet off, <laughs> yeah. but that could we could call that a mistake, right? But theoretically, Boba is just wearing his dad's armor. So. Yeah, I was I was going to say I don't think so because I think when Django Fett would have got his armor, they would that would have been while the Mandalorians were quote fingers extinct. Okay, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um... I don't know. When's that come out? I, want, I need some more Mandalorian in my life. Supposedly it's done. It's oh. done filming. So Give me that shit. Give me that Please. shit right now. Got to get that shit all put together and then figure out a release strategy, I guess. Spread spread that shit on some toast. 
Feed it to me. Uh, so I watched some stuff during my vacation, uh, some of which I've talked about recently. So real quick, I just I watched Mom and Dad because somebody's like, we should watch a Nicolas Cage movie. And I'm like, oh, I got the one for you. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And then uh, we followed that up with Color Out of Space because Wes hadn't seen it yet. And I'm like, oh, you got to watch this really fucked up movie. That was really good. Um, We watched The Invisible Man, uh, which I actually paid way more attention to this time. So enjoyed that. Uh, And then to sort of coincide with Mom and Dad, we watched The Visit, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Which is way better than it really should be. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah, the, I would. When I saw it originally, I had pretty much written him off, and I'm just like, "Well, I have no expectations. We'll just see where this goes." And the visit is fantastic. I feel like when he either he himself limits his budget, or if he literally just has no budget to work with, is when he comes up with some of his best ideas. Yeah. So, he needs to do that more often. Um, let's see. All right. So, then the two, I guess, that I can talk about. Uh, we just randomly picked a movie called Harry Knuckles and the Pearl Necklace. Uh, it is a okay. 2004 super low budget. Porno? It's not a porno. Super low budget. Uh, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Comedic thing i'm i don't believe you that it wasn't a porno um so has anybody either of you ever seen jesus christ vampire hunter or vampire slayer or whatever it is yes it's the same director okay well that's not good (laughs) um so he has this character called harry knuckles that he's made it looks like one two three at least three movies with the character in it. And he's supposed to be like a, I don't know, like a seventies movie, like secret agent, badass kind of guy. Um, but the movie is completely slapsticky and, uh, Lloyd Kaufman makes an appearance at some point. If that tells you anything, uh, the movie's not it tells great. me that there's one good cameo in a bad movie. <laughs> The movie's not great, but I think Noah would actually enjoy it because he's uh, he's tasked with retrieving a pearl necklace that is a historical artifact from Bigfoot who came in and took it, and so he goes <laughs> he goes to fight this weird th- thrown together paper mache looking uh, Bigfoot monster. Only to find out that the Bigfoot is actually a robot and needs the radioactive pearls to continue living. Meanwhile, Harry Knuckles' brother, Fuzzy Knuckles, has uh, set up a scheme to get even him. I, I don't really know. There's there's an El Santo character in this. Uh, at one point, he's tricked into getting married by some evil woman and he decides to get married in a wrestling ring and Doug will tell you that wrestling weddings always go off without a hitch. Yeah, usually anyway. 
Um, so, of course, it breaks down into a complete and utter just someone had access to an indie wrestling federation and put 20 minutes of a wrestling storyline in this where this guy just gets people keep showing up and he just has to beat the shit out of them for like 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. So it's just chaos and craziness. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying no would probably enjoy it. No would probably even say it's a bad movie, but you know, what are you going to do? I would not recommend duck watch this at all. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, but the other thing that I watched, which I think both of you would probably enjoy, is a documentary called Tread. So back in 2004, this guy got fed up with his local government in a city in Colorado and turned his bulldozer into a tank and oh, just drove it yeah, through know, the town. I know a lot about that guy. And destroyed yeah. a bunch of shit. I would like watching watching a yet another documentary about this guy. Yeah. And he's kind of considered a local hero for doing it, which is weird. So, yeah. So, it's a documentary all about him and just the incident. And they uh, they have the people that he was had a big vendetta against talking. They have a bunch of audio tapes that he recorded right as his, basically as his manifesto before he jumped in his bulldozer and took off. It's fascinating. And, you know, they do some recreations, but they use as much footage as they could possibly get their hands on from like TV news and stuff yeah, like that. There's a crazy thing where he was trying to like build a mine in his backyard or something like that, right? No, oh, I don't know. They never talked about that. It's something weird like that is in the story. It's been a while since I read up on it. Yeah. He but was... like the, the lead up, the lead up to him snapping is almost as bonkers as him building a tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they talk he had this big vendetta with another with another guy because he bought the land right next to his muffler shop and decided to build a concrete um what do they call it? Like a batch factory or something? But it literally was next door to his muffler shop, and he was super pissed because it was going to cause a lot of disturbance and dust and all this stuff. And he brought this up at the city council, and basically, I don't know, they get into it in the documentary. But when he basically just gets ignored too many times, yeah, he, he decides, I bought this giant bulldozer i'm gonna fix not just steel to the outside but two two things of steel with concrete in the middle of it so literally nothing can get through it and affix it to the outside of my bulldozer and just tear shit up and yeah it's it's an hour and a half and it was very enjoyable i bought it on sale on my voodoo and we were scrolling through stuff to find stuff to watch last night after watching the invisible man and so we looked at all the recent stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is this documentary I just bought recently uh, about this guy who turned his bulldozer into a tank and destroyed half of his city. And everybody's like, wait, what? So then, yeah, that was pretty much, this is what we're going to be watching because nothing nothing else is ever going to live up to that sort of description of what of a movie. So, yeah. 
tread. Definitely worth a watch. It's complete insanity from minute one. Yeah, stories like that are always just fun to learn about because it's just... Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can always remember, like, seeing the clip on TV one time, and you're like, what the hell was going on there? And you read up on it, and you're just like, oh, neat. <laughs> Everybody was insane. That's what happened. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, all right, Noah, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, since... Uh... Everything in the world is stressful and COVID's on the rise. We need something nice and soothing. So we are going to do uh, Flight of the Navigator and the Rocketeer. Uh, time travel movie back to the 80s? I'm trying to remember when I think it starts in the 70s, ends up in the 80s. Something like that. When it was a little bit less of a stressful time. And then the Rocketeer is supposed to be the... 30s, 20s? Possibly 40s? Yeah. I I haven't seen The Rocketeer in like since it was new. When when was it new? 91 or 92 kind of thing? The funny thing, it's one that I've heard uh, rumors of a remake in the works like a bajillion fucking times and it always keeps collapsing. I've actually never seen it. Never seen The Rocketeer? No, it was one that always escaped me, so. No. Well, welcome to the party. You've seen Flight of the Navigator, though, right? Oh, I've, I have, like, what was it, the German giant box set that they just put out for it? Nice. I don't know why. It's an all-region one. It has, like, a shit ton of extra features, so it's a good excuse for me to get it out and watch it finally I had to crack open some of them extra features and let us know what's on there yeah sadly i think the kid from it just got arrested a couple years ago for trying to rob a gas station or something that tends to happen mm-hmm. it's so weird to me when people were like famous and then they get arrested for weird little crimes like that <laughs> like you know if, when a rich famous person gets arrested for tax fraud you're like yeah okay but when it's like fucking robbing a gas station, you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> I was going to say, there's only one thing weirder than like a child actor's life falling apart and becoming a petty criminal. And that's uh, when you're still famous in a petty criminal, like Winona Ryder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that shit weird. Who's like, I got all this money. I'm going to go down to Claire's and steal some plastic earrings. <laughs> There's, there might be some mental health issues involved in that decision. That's just my own theory. Yeah. See, Noah, she's too famous. She, uh, nothing excites her anymore, so she has to steal stuff to just feel. Suppose that's true. Uh, Although, hey, destroying her own career also landed her in uh, a Netflix <laughs> series that ended up being a huge success. <laughs> uh... So the best thing about about that whole situation, she hosted SNL like a month later, and during her monologue, Tracy Jordan came out to just, or Tracy Morgan came out to just like tell her, you know, we're here for you, we're so excited, and she's like, yeah, it's been really weird. People keep locking doors around me and stuff. I don't get it. And so Tracy Tracy Jordan. <laughs> 
Tracy Morgan shows them that they actually have uh, cameras everywhere in the building, even all the uh, the dressing rooms. And so he just pulls out a remote, and they start going through it on TV. And it, that was actually Will Ferrell's last show. And they hop in on his dressing room, and he's just spray painting so long assholes on his wall. <laughs> yeah here it is joey kramer he's been charged with a bank robbery in the canadian province of british columbia What's going on up there doug you got the flight of the navigator kid robbing all your banks well not all of them just the ones in british columbia <laughs> it's only one province that's worth the banks He was in Shelt, British Columbia. S-E-C-H-E-L-T. I do not know where that is, believe it or not. Oh, come on. You don't know every Canadian town? No. Not the ones that are clear the other side of the country. I don't know those all off the top of my head. Uh, Despite the fact that a disguise was used during the robbery... The suspect was quickly identified by some of our officers who had recently dealt with him on an unrelated matter. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, <laughs> we're all like, that's the kid from Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> Do you still know Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> it would have been better if they recognized him from his acting days. And like, that's weird. <laughs> you signed my handcuffs. <laughs> Like, this is great. You take a picture of me for my kid. Child stars. When they fall down, it's hilarious. It's it's not really, though. It's really yeah. sad and horrific. I'm going to assume his dad took all of his money because that's usually how it happens. Something like that. Or they let him have all of his own money when he was like 14. And he blew it on <laughs> dumb shit. One or the other. Yeah, I'm always I don't know fascinated by like. I don't know why these people can't have a career anymore. Like, couldn't you just make a whole bunch of indie movies where you don't get paid that much, but at least you don't have to rob banks and you just ride that being the flight of the navigator kid for the rest of your life. Don't know if he's smart. He'd get on that, uh, convention circuit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll sign your picture. I'll sign your picture for 30 bucks. Yeah. Even if you're, like, the sad person at the convention that has just is there for the appearance fee, that's still better than Robin Banks, isn't it? Seems like it would be, but I don't know. I mean, they did show, what was it, Best Worst Movie? The guy from Troll 2 yeah. went to a convention, and everybody was just sad. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to go go back to being a dentist on Monday. Yeah, but he got to go back to being a dentist. If he had to go to choose between that and robbing banks, maybe he would have made a different decision. Well, Ari Lehman's got his his band, right? Oh, forgot his band's terrible. Uh, all right, I don't know. I don't have any clever way to end this. No, we really dug ourselves into a hole here by getting all sad about (laughs) child stars. (laughs) Fucked it uh, up again. You know Goldberg from uh, the Mighty Ducks has a, has a horrible yeah, meth addiction. Stop! Stop! Oh. oh my God! The pictures of him so horrible. I was oh. watching the Mighty Ducks the other day, and when Goldberg was on screen, it kept making me sad. <laughs> it's like 
Or when they tied him to that, I kept thinking like if they when they tied him to that net, is that 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 will push him over the edge? So we did it. <laughs> and they left him on the ice and they went back to the dressing room. He's like, I'm gonna start smoking meth. I'll show all of you. Yeah. Oh. In retrospect, maybe that that Disney movie about how if you drink and drive, you have to go become a hockey coach isn't necessarily got all the best <laughs> positive messages in it. <laughs> God, you were you were way too drunk to drive. You better be forced to be to care for children for a long period of time. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.